I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone. It is the Red Men TV podcast. Hope everyone's had a fantastic Christmas. We are here. We have returned. Um, we've got a couple of kickoff questions when I get through. We're going to be talking about the title race and whether it's the best or worst ever, um, which I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of fans from other clubs go, this is really interesting and exciting, whereas really it's just mad, isn't it? Uh, some stuff about the Genie Wine Alden contract situation, uh, a little centre back issues, and a little bit on the Everton City game being postponed and what that knock on impact of that might be uh, moving forward. Um, and Paul Machin, Chris Pajak joins me, as does Ross Chanley. Uh, Kick off question number one from Horrible Grandma. Uh, after a legal challenge, LFC can no longer play, you'll never walk alone. What song do you choose to replace it? And it's a trickier question because there's some answers that you immediately want to jump to and realise they're either dead wool or like some other football club has, had, has added off or already. Or rugby. Yeah. So I'd like Jerusalem or something like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which should be the national anthem, by the Absolutely way. Absolutely agreed. Yeah, yeah, agreed, 100%. Yeah. Um, bird is the word. <laughs> 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 I think oh. coffee have you heard? <laughs> <laughs> About the word. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ross, have you got any suggestions? Um, I think it has to be a Beatles song for me. I don't know. I think it was like in the fucking ages ago, they sang She Loves You, but I don't think that that would go. Imagine, I think they sang after, was it after the Barcelona game? I think that's still got like the, the emotions and the, the Liverpool thing from it. I think I think I would have a bit of that before every game. That'd, yeah, that'd, that'd get me going. I was thinking through the Beatles stuff, and it's like, like the like. Let it be. He's a bit depressing before a game. Yeah, and and City have had off ages, haven't they? Oh yeah. Which I mean, we should claim. We, we should, should claim it it, yeah, claim it back for the City. Um, but no, like, I, I I Iron Man by Black Sabbath. Just go for it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny because the, the whole music thing. It's a very it's a very fine balance, isn't it? Because we obviously it's song two is the goal music during, yeah. during lockdown. Uh, uh, um, but I get it. Like I, I, I get it at the same time. But yeah, you, there's a fa- like there's a fine balance because every song's got so many different connotations and stuff. Like I, I'm thinking of it as like walk on music. Like I mean, without having been able to walk on literally, um, and something that you would feel empowered by. To lay, 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 lay. Just belt that out. 
Bit of stone cold break glass. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Maybe that. Maybe that's just it. Um, let us know in the comments if you're live. Uh, you can do that uh, right now. Um, Callum CPT. Uh, I do like the idea of fifty four thousand people doing the bed of the word dance though. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> what impressive. Is the, what is the dance? So the fella in the music video, it's from like the sixties, isn't it? He just basically runs around the stage doing that all the time. Like, nice. Do the Can't see that catching on. Mm. Uh, Callum says, well, I, I, "I figured Chris would have an answer to this question, so I thought, it, and, and I, I'm, I'm also happy to sit back and, and, and open the stage up to oh, yourself." I've seen the second one. Best Boxing Day sandwich. Oh, I see. I have, I, I have not been having Boxing Day sandwiches. I, um, I never asked what else you've been having. I asked what's your best Boxing Day sandwich. Well, then it's mm. turkey, pork, sausage meat stuffing, bacon stuffing. Sprinkling of sage and onion stuffing, cranberry sauce, English mustard, gotta be homemade. Can't be buying that Coleman shit that's already mixed. It's gotta be from the powder with the water. Little thin spreading of mayonnaise. Pigs and blankets. <laughs> Selection of bread. Multi grain. Yeah. Multi grain? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've got I've probably got two. Just bread, no baguette, roll. Sliced, thickly sliced multi-grain from the bakery in the Sefton Arms car park that are there from 9.30 till 3.30 every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, probably one or two. Am I going to go panini or I'm going to a giant Yorkshire pudding so you can turn it into a wrap? Then you get your pigs in blankets, your stuff and your turkey, cranberry, also lashing a bit of brie in there as well so when you heat it up, it melts in there nicely. Oh. And then, yeah. And then if you want... gravy? Yeah, well, optional, dipping gravy. So if you go in Yorkshire pudding, dip it in, but also if you go into a panini, you've got a bit of gravy there so you can use gravy as you wish. It doesn't get messy, you can eat it and then you're there. Sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. That sounds, sounds amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely sensational. Can't be topped. Uh, um, actually, can we just add smoke streaky to mine as well? Yeah. You can do that with the Yorkshire pudding one. You can wrap it around the Yorkshire pudding until you've got a bacon on the outside. Uh, and then deep fry it. <laughs> yeah. And then cover it in cheese. That sounds amazing. Oh, deep yeah. fry it again. It's like yeah. going to America, yeah. really, isn't yeah. it? If you're not going for gravy, you can go for that with the leftover cheese that you've got to make a little fondue out of that and dip it in the cheese. Oh, mate. Oh, wow. Oh, Rackless. Oh, Chandley's yeah. just, just coming. Bodied Payjack on a fucking That's food amazing. question That's here amazing. on it. Yeah. Wow. If I go Can on I have Rosses, please? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, just, whatever just Charlie makes. Just <laughs> <kidding Christ. laughs> um, no, uh, what? What? Uh, to be fair, you can't go wrong. It was the dark meat turkey, cranberry sauce. What's that? Pigs and blankets. Yeah, whatever's left of this. Whatever's left of the stuffing. Yeah, that was fine. And the great. The gravy question's interesting. Do you find a way to int- uh, integrate the gravy into your butty and compromise the structural integrity, or do you go with the dipping option? No, people stack the butties wrong. Like that's the that's the issue that they have when they're putting gravy and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So you don't want the gravy anywhere near the bread. So if you're using loads of fucking stuffing and stuff like that and turkey, get it in those layers instead of instead of compromising the bread elements of your sandwich. Nice. You've been doing it wrong for years, lads. There you go. You don't want a soggy bottom, do you? No, you do not want a soggy bottom. Unlucky. Um, right, fantastic. Yeah, we're going to be diving into the title talk, etc., etc., in a moment. But uh, we got a fantastic offer for you guys, and here's a little bit more info on that. Hey everyone, just want to let you know about a fantastic offer that we have right now over on our merch store where you can get an amazing 25% discount off amazing products over there right now from hoodies, t-shirts, sweatshirts to our wonderful book, Champions of Everything.
To get involved with that, simply use the code TOP at Xmas at checkout and get yourself 25% off and get kitted out in Boss Liverpool merch for the new year. Yeah, welcome back, everyone. Yeah, 25% discount runs until um, New Year's Eve, uh, if you want to get involved with that. And actually, just want to give one final shout-out while we're here, because Ross is going to be doing the draw for the Jordan Henderson signed T-shirt immediately after this show. Um, so if you want to be in with a chance of winning the signed Jordan Henderson um, Champions T-shirt, then uh, sign up as a club legend on the RedmenTV.com. Get access to our full suite of incredible streaming content, uh, and yet win yourself a signed Jordan Henderson T-shirt as well. So yeah. Head over to theredmantv.com right now and do that last chance salute for any of you uh, lucky people watching this uh, live right now. Uh, okay, so um, Chris, we've had a day or so to, to reflect on the game at the weekend. Um, it still stings. I think the sting stings a bit less seeing just how crap everyone else kind of is around us. Yeah, I still think that, you know, it's an opportunity lost for Liverpool. Mm. I don't think the performance was good enough, certainly second half. Um, the results of everyone else obviously plays into it and makes me feel slightly better. But we had the easiest run over Christmas. And that's the thing that makes it more painful for me. So that kind of counterbalances because I think that's two points lost for Liverpool there. Um like I there there are extenuating circumstances, of course there are there always will be this season. Every time you have a poor result, you could point to five things why Liverpool haven't played at the top of the the top of the game. But opportunity lost still. We'll move on. Hopefully, we'll get a good result against Newcastle. And hopefully, over the next few weeks, we'll see the benefits of having that seven days without a game, as it were. But no, it still, it still hurts a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, still annoyed. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with everything Chris has just said, but also I was annoyed at Fulham, I was annoyed at Brighton, I was annoyed with other games. Liverpool have opportunities to put things right. I agree, it softens the blow. Even last night, was it Chelsea Villa? You know, they're both pretty close to us dropping points. And then you go, Ugh. you know, we've got two more points there, but you know, it's it's ifs and, ifs and buts. I think you can be <clears throat> let it go for now, be angry when it comes to the end of the season, and you can reflect on those moments going, well, we should have put a performance in against West Brom. It might be the difference towards the end of the season because things are so tight. But as I said on the final word the other day, last year we were, what, seven, eight, nine points clear at this point last season, you know, with, with a couple of games to, in hand as well. So, you know, it's we're trying to compare it to that when you can't, um, and it's just a fucking mad season. Yeah, I agree with everything you said about the, about the game. The, the, the most annoying thing about it is that when there's, there's like, Allardyce is almost a lord unto himself, and he's not, because there's plenty of managers who kind of fall into that category down the years. In the, and by that I mean, you know what you're getting, and you'd like to think that that should help you stop you falling into the trap. But, like, people consistently fall into the trap year in, year out. These guys keep get, keep on this perpetual cycle of, 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 of managerial roles, come in, and they come in to frustrate teams. It's mad that we should be able to come out on top against the Tottenham Hotspur and then not be able to batter, absolutely batter a West Brom everywhere. And that's the thing that, that, that stings most about it because it was so... It, it feels avoidable because you know what's going to happen, but... There was something about that. The second half in particular, I just wonder whether the... You know, we always go in at half-time, Chris, and we always talk about we'll be stronger second half, and whether... Sam Allardyce, I think we like to kind of go, oh, Sam Allardyce, and we laugh him off. But he's not... He, he, look, he looks stupid, but he's not. 
<laughs> he's a he is a student of the game and he's a student of what other people do and he's he's a guy who looks for fine margins in, in here and there. And I do wonder whether he, he went in goes, Well Liverpool do tend to come out really strong in the second halves, having analysed what we do, so we'll do something a bit different at the start of the second to try and upset Liverpool's rhythm or whatever, because that would be very Allardyce. Yeah, I think, look, I think for a start, I don't think we have come up against the side like Allardyce's this season. Not first half anyway. Yeah. Um, because uh, you know the difference with Tottenham is, yeah, they're good players and they work hard and they're sitting in and they're not looking to sort of attack in quite the same way, but they were looking to attack. They were looking for the counter-attacks. Sam Allardyce's West Brom side were not. They didn't even play a flipping striker in yeah. that first half, you know what I mean? And I think that shocked Liverpool a little bit. Um, and second half, I'd have guessed Klopp and everyone in that dressing room will have been like, right, it's more of the same. They're going to come out on 70-80 if it's still close. And it, and it did change it right then on 45. And then from that first five minutes of the second half, they probably had three opportunities in the first five, ten minutes of that half. And I think that shocked us. So I think he's actually not only shocked us with how they played first half, he shocked us with how they've come out second half. So I think you've got to give Allardyce a little bit of credit yeah, there. Yeah. I don't think Jürgen saw both of those moves coming, as it were, and the team didn't react quickly enough to it. It takes away our little advantage in that regard because we are so very good at analysing what teams have done. Well, if a team goes and... and like, they don't fundamentally, completely and utterly flip their tactics on the head or anything, but there is, a, there is enough of a change there that anything that will have been said and where you should be, how you position, to be here is how to exploit these spaces it wouldn't shock me if so many of those opportunities weren't, simply weren't present in the way they were set up Yeah, it's also difficult in the fact that that was his second game in charge wasn't it I think the first game they lost to Aston Villa but he'd been in charge for a day so you know it's hard to analyse when it's a, you know, a new manager bouncing we've seen it loads of times it feels like every time a club gets a new manager they're playing Liverpool next you know, we've seen it with, with what, it's either that or we get them sacked yeah all that you know, we've had it with uh, was it Alan Pardew who's the fucking fat fellow who was at Leicester uh, it was Craig Shakespeare, like he's fucking done it before as well. So it's hard for Klopp and, and his team to predict what, what they're going to do because there's such a different team to what they were under, under Slavin Bilic. You can say, what you know, watch Big Sam games, what his different players, the different use of how he utilises those players. Um, but it's also <laughs> in-game management from, 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 from Liverpool players and I just don't think there was enough a sense of urgency at times. But yeah, it might, might have shocked them, but also those, those players are experienced enough you know, it's particularly in the league to assess situations and, and, and change things. So maybe it was not a lack, not a lack of leadership because I think that's too strong, but also just, I just wanted a better reaction from him. And it didn't come. And it, again, it comes down to it. And it, it's easy to say this. You can't, you've only got what you've got available to you. And I think an Abicator makes that game a bit different. I think, I think, uh, Tiago Alcantara, I'm told, will make that <laughs> will we'll make that difference. I mean, I was thinking about him this week. He played the pass of the century on one knee in the Merseyside derby, and but they're the kind of situations where I think is when when you come up when you lose your rhythm and you're not quite got a, you get, your game plan kind of gets sucked into a, a monotony of a football match or whatever, and you need some spark. Players like Thiago, who have been there, done it, and they, they've got their role is this, is this long established. His role doesn't change. His job, he lives to pass the ball to other people in dangerous areas. You need you actually without falling into this trap we've had for three years of like we need to create a midfielder. You do. It's not. It was never a wrong point having someone who who literally lives to make the impossible passes happen is a very important weapon to have in your arsenal in games where you look you're struggling to 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 create opportunities. Yeah, and I think that's it. I mean, quite often this Liverpool side, and I like I love Jordan Evans. Everyone knows that. I think he's amazing. But this Liverpool side looks to Jordan to do that, and that's not really his game. He's a percentage passer. Yeah, exactly. More more so than. 
than you know he's going to break a game open Pirlo esque or, or Thiago esque. And, and that's the difference is you saw when he came on against Chelsea and I know they had 10 men and stuff like that but everybody looked towards him to give him the ball and he was looking for these direct balls into feet and he trusts the players around him even though he hadn't played with the players around him at that point and that's what you're looking for you are looking for someone to, to do something slightly different break the mould because Liverpool have a mould in those games and when we broke the mould first half and it was Matip who broke it we scored a goal yeah. we needed more of that and unfortunately Matip was the one that goes off and you shouldn't be relying on your centre half to do that anyway you do want a midfielder who's going to gra- grab the game by the scruff of the neck and Thiago would have done that it doesn't matter. The lads on the pitch were good enough to be able to do that anyway, mm-hmm. and they should have done. I think, you know, again, the Matip injury is a big one for me. It, it does sort of halt Trent's influence on the game in a, in a forward uh, with, with regards to him going forward. So, you know, he's not there to be able to supply those passes quite as often as he was first half as well. And it's just one of those games. Yeah. You have to just shrug them off sometimes. Yeah, I, it's true, Paul. In the bigger picture of things, we've only lost one game in the league this season so mm-hmm. far, which, and the standard for the past three years has been, or four years maybe, has been so high. I think we're all expecting that again. It's no. just not going to happen. And again, like I said before, we're not in the Christmas period we were last season, so we haven't played as many games, so things look, look, look slightly different. But as much as all these draws are, are very annoying, they're still picking up points where our position teams are, are drawing, or you look at Man City or other teams. The losing games. So Man City will lose more games between now and the end of the season. I'm sure Liverpool might lose one or two, but as long as we're putting our points on, not not zero, which you know is a dead shit way to look at it because we should have won the game. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, it's... well, I want to talk about the, the potential title challenges and stuff because I think City are an interesting conversation. We were going to do it again, but it actually ties into what we're talking about here. Obviously, we've seen Everton City postponed. That's now two City fixtures that have yet to find a place in in the schedule. Chris, they're still waiting on the first game of the season against Aston Villa to be picked as well. Um, they're the ones because I was looking at who are the title challenges, and it's mad because as I went through this <laughs> this agenda, the last time I wrote it. Spurs, it was us and Spurs, and it were the two top, were the two top teams. Um, they're seventh in the Premier League right now. Like Spurs, yeah, I did that when I read the agenda. <laughs> exactly. Tottenham Hotspur. I've read time of recording, so we're here. You know, it's Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Seventh in the pre- seventh in the Premier League. That's balmy, and nothing speaks to the madness of this season quite as much as we went from a title decider two weeks ago to like they're, they're now I mean they're not because it's obviously it's only was it even was it two team. weeks ago it was just less than two weeks ago wasn't it wow yeah, it's mad fine that's I'm league. good with that, that. That's, yeah. the, that's the league this season and you know and that's the thing I think a lot of people's fears come from Man City pulling a 10 game win streak together they ain't done that for a while Mm-hmm. Like they, they just haven't done that now for a long time, actually. And I think they have got the potential. I think City are going to be City and United seem to me to be the two strongest contenders. And I don't think United will be able to go the entire stretch. I do think City look a little bit better with Ake and, and John Stones at the back. And, you know, they're not conceding as many goals. I don't think they're scoring as many goals either. But they seem to, the last couple of weeks, to have just started to click in the in the attacking sense. And they've got Aguero back and all that type of stuff. So I get that. And I get that they're probably going to be there at the end of the year with us. But also, we're, we're managing our squad at the same time. And yet we're still ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So that says to me, and I've, I said this last week, for the first time, I think Liverpool have got the best squad in the league. Mm-hmm. And I think Liverpool have had the best side in the league for the last two years, give or take. But now we've got the best squad, and we're showing that by the fact that we're still top of the league. Now, we're not as consistent as we've been because of those injuries and stuff. And I think it is important that Liverpool sign a centre-half in January. I think it's massively important that we do that, especially with Joel Matip and his injury record and everything else. But 
I still see that it's it's probably between us, City and United. I still think we're the strongest. Well, it's just as again as looking at it right now, we're top three points behind as Leicester. who have played a game more. Everton back are there, and then in third, same points as Leicester. But again, they've got that the Man City game postponements will be an issue for them moving forward. United have, have got a game in hand on us again underneath that twenty seven points. Villa in fifth, Chelsea are in sixth, City down in City down in eighth, Southampton slipped down to ninth. This, this, it's the City one. It's the one for me where I, I don't. You're right. I don't think anyone else is really going to mount anything consistent. But I think we should have one eye on Man City because. It's those games that you don't want to end up in a situation because we can we can be annoyed by draws and you know but they don't matter at the moment but you know because it let's let's be honest if City had beaten Everton yesterday they'd be they'd be three points behind us before we played if we then go and beat Newcastle they'd be six <laughs> points behind us with a game in hand when you enter into a territory where. Game, they play their games in hand and they can go above us in points. That's what you need to be safeguarding against Ross because they're in a they're in a false position in the table. Whereas I think everyone else. I just, is just give them mad. wins. I always look yeah. at it and yeah. give City I, and United wins in games in hand. And that's agree. what Liverpool should do and keep Liverpool on the toes. You know, we've mentioned the past three seasons before they've gone toe to toe, but they've raised each other's games because they've both been so good. Um, it'd be interesting to see when Man City do play those games. You know, I'm sure. With the Carabao Cup and everything else they've got going on, those fixtures will catch up with them mm-hmm. at some point as well. I know they've got a massive squad, and you you mentioned the centre halves, and they've got Diaz and uh, Laporte and in there as well. But I still think they're missing that that leader and company. Aguero's not not been firing all cylinders. You're right, they're missing Sané. You know, who was injured last season as well. David Silva, they're going to miss this season. They don't seem right now that same team, but it's still they can still gel and they can still get better throughout the season. So they're still a concern for me. Man United, I, I think Europa League might fuck them up. Mm-hmm. Playing Thursdays, so I don't. I don't well, I don't. I don't think. That, well, don't they've they? got as you mentioned the other week. They've got an extra round of fixtures because <laughs> yeah. of the, because of the Europa League. I, like, you, you, Chris, you've been saying the Man United thing for ages, and you might well prove right because you look at. I look at Man United and I look at them, the players they've got available to them. And when they come up against Everton in the League Cup, and it's the, they've got Edinson Cavani who they can just put into a game of football. They get to bring Cavani and Martial. Into a game, whereas Everton are like, there's our best eleven players, and we've got a couple of other lads who come in to try and keep them fit, and they're slowly sort of dwindling off. You can see the golfing class in squad qualities, and I wonder whether the United thing. My my feeling with them is, is they've probably they've got a little two or three game tricky spell. I don't know. I don't even look at their fixtures. It'll just happen where they'll have a couple of games where they're a little bit. They'll be a little bit off form. They'll struggle for a few bits, and if they ride that out, because Chelsea are in it at the moment. Spurs have just had a little bit. A one Leicester are having a little, a little, a little wobble with two back-to-back draws, etc., etc. United's will come. Um, it's whether they are able to come out the far side, and it's, it's, and it's whether that overriding quality of squad that's probably what's going to see them through because when you've got loads of good players like we're sort of seeing you can kind of you can patch yourself up and keep going regardless of all the problems yeah that's face. it I mean Bruno Fernandes is the one he, yeah. he makes them tick don't he and, and, and teams are struggling to get a hold of him and, and that's the problem for, for everyone else in the league at the moment that he's, he's genuinely world class and he's playing in an area where he can affect games and win games for Manchester United and you know I think Rashford I like Rashford I think he's a really good footballer but he misses too many opportunities for me Like, but the, he's still got the potential to knock in 20 goals between now and the end of the season because he gets into those opportunities. Martial, good striker as well. Cavani just seems to fit perfectly in the same way that What's-His-Face did a few years ago, uh, who'd been everywhere. Oh, what's his name? Seb Larson. No. But it's a great shout. <laughs> Zlatan. Yeah. 
in, in the way that Zlatan just went in and knew he was the best player there. Cavani's just able to do that as well. And, you know, I think we... we some, is he 33, Cavani? There Yeah, I mean, he, he, he just looks like a player still. Mm. And he just knows where the back of the goal is. And he just seems to find space. He dropped deep the other day, played a lovely little assist uh, in one game probably a week ago or so. He just knows how to play football. And United have got a decent defence as well. People laugh at Maguire. I don't think he's a great defender. But as a unit, they're all right. Mm. And they've still got a goalkeeper who can save shots. So I think they'll be there or thereabouts, Manchester United. I think the manager will probably let them down at some point. Because uh, I don't think he's good enough. And, and that's, I think the that's, thing. that's the difference. It's how they react to that and the inevitable spell where it's just a couple, a, a team comes and does them against the odds and how they then pick themselves and whether Ole's got the ability to direct themselves. Again, we're going to see that with Chelsea right now because Chelsea's like Chelsea's last five. There's rumour he's getting he's sacked. Yeah, Lampard, there's, there's generally <laughs> rumours coming out. He's got <clears throat> one, in, one win in the last five uh, for Chelsea. Uh, they're talking about Tuchel. Going yeah. into Chelsea yeah. already, you know, it was breaking in one of the, I think it was one of the German papers, because Tuchel's German, isn't he? Um, I think, I think, is yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it broke in one of the German papers that Tuchel's being lined up for, for the Chelsea job already. There's definitely something with him floating around that there's going to be a club that, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, when managers, managers come up and clubs have, like Everton did this with Ancelotti, it was like, Ancelotti's available. Quick, grab him before someone, someone Arsenal. better than so exactly. And but uh, we, we did it. Yeah, we we, yeah, we got rid of yeah. Rodgers yeah. at a time when Klopp was available. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And I wonder whether Chelsea do that with with, with him or whether Arsenal take the plunge. And I suspect Chelsea are the t- Chelsea are ruthless enough that they wouldn't give a fuck about Lampard. Was I wonder whether Arsenal would have the? I don't think Arsenal have got the ruthless streak to tell Michael Arteta to get in the bin and, and sort that out, which is fine, fine by me. Um, Can yeah. I chuck an outside shout in? And it's not it's not for the title. You say Southampton. No, 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 not for the title, but a team that I think will cause issues to teams at the top and have done so far this season. It's Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. I, like I think they've their recruitment over the summer. And Ollie Watkins. I think they bought Martinez, who's for me was Arsenal's better goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, left back Matt Target. You know they've got Grealish, John McGinn. They've got some really good players in there. And they can like even last night was it they played was it Chelsea they played last night or. Yeah. Them, and it, but the, the causing teams issues. And I think the teams. McGinn was really good. Yeah, last yeah I think got man of the match before. And he did that without Mings. Yeah. He's got some good plays, and I think that that you know beating us seven two or seven one, whatever the fuck it was, has given them the confidence to kind of go on. They don't have European football either, so you know whereas teams like Liverpool, Man United, are, you know, are trying to field two teams essentially to get through this, they don't have that. I don't think they're in talk for the title as such, but you know, are pushing for a top four place on the current form. As we stand now, we, we, I think they're in a conversation for it. Yeah, I, I, I think that's it's 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 a good shout. And we were talking about this before, where me it actually because Aston Villa are doing so well in the league at the moment that I wonder whether they're going to go into the FA Cup game with us and feel the second string team in the same way because they've got a genuine chance at Europe at the moment. And and, and you know, yeah, Smith might decide that you know we can go on and we can do well in the FA Cup as well. But I I got a feeling right now that. They think they can get top four, and so they might just rotate in the FA Cup against us. I think we're definitely rotating anyway. Yeah, it's interesting. Like yeah, the way the league's spread out is just fascinating at the moment. Because again, I've seen people saying it's 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 the most exciting title race ever, and blah blah blah. And I, I'm not I'm not feeling that at all because it's just it's the it's it could be the most hilarious one. Because again, Tottenham would like it's. I mean, they are three points behind second place Leicester. So there's nothing in it, but you're seventh in the league. It that's, feels like a race hilarious. for top four. Like like that's what how top four races go. Yeah. 
for the most part every year two wins on the bounce and you're up into fourth you're losing you're down into eighth yeah. but it actually just seems to be that right now it's actually for first well, Man United are on 27 points and obviously all this will, all this will change in the, in, the, in the next week but 27 points for Manchester United all the way down to Southampton in ninth they're only two points behind them you know, it's a win here and there. It's having a transformative effect on all this. This was it. There's so much flux at that top end of the table. Liverpool's job is just to keep... It would be lovely if we can put our, really put our foot down and start to accelerate away from it. And if we get the win against Newcastle, that could well be a surprise. That could put a surprising amount of distance, given how a few people feel after on the back of the draw. But the minute, look, the way the, team, the league's structured, it's the draws that have got us top of the league. You know, yeah, you can point out to the wins, because duh, the wins, of course, but we've won as many games as Leicester and Everton, the mm. two teams below us. We've got five draws, and Leicester and Everton have got two draws apiece. And it's because they're, they're losing games of football and we're not. And that's the, at this at this point of the season, it's those fine margins. We, we kind of scoffed at the, at the Brighton and at the Everton draws and, and, and the Fulham and that. But they, they've they've made a significant difference to our points tally all, all of a sudden. And it doesn't feel like it because we're so used to Liverpool needing to win 37 games a season <laughs> in order to be title challenges but uh, no it is it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it, how, it, how it shapes up in the next uh, next week or so um, right we're going to talk about some of the the, the, the transfer stuff sort of floating around um, Genie reflecting on Liverpool's contract offer um, I can't help but feel that if Genie Wijnaldum was going to sign a new contract for Liverpool he'd have signed it by now unless it's you know I mean it's, I think it's sensible play from his agent Ross because there's no rush you know, it's the January first is approaching. He's gonna he'll already have a stack of unofficial offers on his you know in, in his inbox or whatever. There will be a, a, will be plenty of takers for Genie Wijnaldum in the summer, and it might just be a case where they just get to play a bit of brinksmanship here. He's been the team. He's playing well. He's important. How Liverpool do. As far as the negotiations go, his agent's got a lot of got a lot more power than he will have had in the summer. Yeah. Uh... I still have a little bit of hope, to be honest with you, and, and you know, I think it broke during the middle of the game. Actually, wasn't it with Fabrizio Romano? Kind of said that there's, there's enough there from Liverpool, which I didn't expect. I, you know, I thought Liverpool were kind of done with negotiations, and it was just a you know a matter of which team he, he wants to go and pick. But the fact there's enough there on the table, you know, where it's more hope than anything, suggests you know maybe he's playing off against other teams and he wants the contract that he deserves. On the flip side, if he does go, I said this the other week. Fine. I think it's always the fear of not knowing or not being in control. If he wants to move on, I'm sound. I'm, I'm okay with it. I respect him. You know, he wants to go and you know change career or you know not change career, change change the team, <laughs> change career. If you want, go and be a model. Um, be a pilot. Yeah, if he wants to go and do you know play for another club and he's got different ambitions or whatever his family wants or you know I don't think it's a case of he just wants more money. You know, he's been one of our most consistent players and you know one of the frustrations we've got at the minute is people's availability. Genie's been available. You know, fucking an awful lot for Liverpool and playing three games a week, and you know he's put his heart and soul into it. So I can't knock him for that, but he, he can't but feel that you know he wants a different challenge. If he does that, you know you can't slag him off for it because everyone goes, well, why does he want to leave Liverpool? Why does he want to do that? Thiago just fucking left uh, Bayern Munich, and we're all like, oh, sound. He's just done, just done the same thing. It's it's an interesting one. We we touched on this conversation at the, at the weekend, Chris, but it's. Right now, Gini Wijnaldum, his importance can't be overstated because, as Ross says, he's there, he's fit, he's available, he's played so much football for us this season. But he, I don't think he plays that much football. If we, you know, we are, I think that even if, if Virgil van Dijk doesn't get injured, I don't think Gini Wijnaldum plays as much football. And this is not even counting in 
Thiago Alcantara. I think when Liverpool were planning how the season was going to go, this was going to be the fading out, the phasing out of Genie Van Alden season. And I think we've seen we've seen us try to do this. Cater was brought in to do this. And obviously Cater's had injury problems, so it kind of muddies the waters on this a bit. But I think Genie Van Alden's just been better than Navi Cater. And the same way that Jordan Henderson's been better than other players around them. But I do wonder whether when when Michael Edwards and, and Klopp and all that sat down in the summer, they're like, right, we've here's our options. Our best our best midfield three is this, our backup options are these. Because we joked Genie Van Alden is on the path or was on the path this summer to being the next James Milner. Mm. Like he's our <clears> utility <throat> man who can come in and plug gaps whenever we whenever we need them. Yeah, I think I think I think that's right. I think Liverpool probably were planning for the phasing out of Genie Wijnaldum, and I don't mean it in such a disrespectful way. I just think that that's they thought they had better players. I think the one thing for me as a fan is that look, he's clearly a boss player still, and I want boss players to play at Liverpool for as long as we can. You know, I think he can go somewhere and do a great job somewhere, and that's fine. The the difficulty is I ain't seen Thiago do it yet, although I know he's going to do it when he becomes fit. So. Gino Wijnaldum is a safe pair of hands for me at the moment as a fan watching it. But they're not fans who are in charge of the contract situations. They've got to look at it and go, right, we're not balancing the money just for this year, for next year, the year after, and the year after that as well. And does that stifle us in the transfer market? Does it mean we can't get somebody younger in who's going to fulfil his role over the next couple of years? Maybe Kurt Jones takes that mantle on. If we sign Gini Wijnaldum up to £150,000, £200,000 a week contract, does Kurt Jones have to stick in the wings a little bit? Do we slow his progression down because we've seen already that he can develop quite quickly so there's loads of things that they've got to balance the fact of the matter is Liverpool have had two years to sign this up mm-hmm. if they were really really serious about getting it done for what Genie wanted this would have been done a year and a half ago when everybody else's contract was done now's the time where Genie went out of I, th- I think Genie wants to stay and I think Genie's backed himself into a corner with his agent where he's gone this is what I need and now he's got the f- almost final offer and he's now got to decide whether he's going to backtrack on his words and take what's offered or he decides that he wants to do something different. Whatever he decides, I'll back because he's been such a great servant for us. I think it's another one of those situations where... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Because Liverpool have been... We've had a couple of issues, like Emery Chance, the most the most obvious one, and, and Philippe Coutinho, but from different, from completely different angles in this thing. If there's money on the table for Genie, and you're saying, well, he's, his contract's running out, he's 29 years old, 
are 30 years old and you've got and you can get a bit of money from him. And it's just Liverpool go, well, that makes sense because he's never going to be worth more money than what you've got on the table for him, which is kind of what Bayern have just had with, with us and, and Thiago. I think it makes it slightly more uh, an easier decision to make. Like moving Torres on, you know, you can go, well, look, it's a, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good chunk of money for a guy who we've probably got <coughs> the, the best of his career out of him. That's smart. But because he's leaving on a free and because he's playing so much football, it is hard. But also there's the financial, long-term financial factors in of, again, without without guessing on the numbers, but let's let's throw a big number. Let's say it's 150 grand a week that he wants. Over a four-year contract, let's say that he wants. It's not that it's a problem this year and next year. It's what that means in a year, in the year after that and the year after that. When you're looking around at your wage budget going, I actually want to give a new contract to... Kit, or I want to give a new contract to Andy Robertson, or I want to give a contract to, to Trent Alexander-Arnold, and that money's not there because it's all it's sat in a Genie Van Alden contract. On the bench. Effectively, yeah, exactly. Which is probably with the situation we're in with Milner at the moment. Yeah, well, just to counter that, though, what's it going to cost you to replace him? And, and that's the other thing of you know the situation's changed as you both mentioned. You know, Fabinho's gone to centre back, so Genie's had more game time in, in that respect as well. What's the plan? Is the plan to buy another centre back for Liverpool? And then Fabinho goes into midfield because that's an ideal solution. Genie gets less game time, so he, he kind of wants to kind of move on in that respect. But are you going to replace someone, whether it's a centre half or a midfield, of decent quality? For me, it's but do a- we need to buy someone to replace him? Or do we not? Do we do we not have that in the squad? I mean, today, no, because that's why he's playing football matches. Yeah. But when you get to the end of the season, then he goes and Virgil's back and Gomez is back, and you met. Yes, let's say buy another centre back, which we'll talk about. Yeah. You've got Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, Jones, Cater, Oxlade, Chamberlain, and I can hear the immediate counterpoint of you know, there's a, but there's still some fitness issues within yeah, yeah. those players. But we're not we're not we're not short on midfielders when or when the sun's shining. No, but again, like you know, a utility player, that's what he wants to do. Maybe he doesn't want to do that. Maybe the way that you know the system that we play, no matter of running that he does, maybe he fucking wants a bit of a fucking rest or you know to go, you know we've seen it with loads of people. Lucas Leavers, you know, a good example of going to a different league and still being able to boss it at that mm-hmm. latter stage of, of your career. Maybe he, he wants that, but I still think there's plenty of game time for him in, in, in this Liverpool side. You know, I know you just mentioned it there, but you know, there's two players there that you can't rely on. Now, would you rather Genie Van Alden in your side or a navigator or an Oxley Chamberlain? Who, and it's to come back to the reliability, which I you know is not an excuse to have a play in your side, but I think he backs up with the quality and he, he can do a job in, in this midfield. I think he's like do two, three years. But it's the, the you know, and even if what he gets to two years' time, say he signs a four year, a four year contract, you can still sell him for money. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I know it's going to be less offers at a 32 year old Genie Van Alden for whatever else, but you can still, you still get what? A couple of mil for for a genuine album. So it's so hard yeah. because again, on the face of it, it's an absolute no-brainer. Look, because look at him now. It's hard. It's hard. There's no need for us as fans to look beyond this season and, and next season. And that's for me. That's what we should be signing him down for is to make sure that you've got him there for next year. Because I can't see a world where we don't need him again next season. But that boils down to the thing of is Genie Van Alden is this is is this is Zabi Alonso final season thing where he knows he's going he's just going to go and give everything so we come out on this we, we remember him at his at his absolute best and that's that's there is, a, what he the, is the other factor is you know to do the two and four year contract for example he'd absolutely be worth two hundred grand a week for the next year and next year but maybe not years three and four I know that's what you're just saying and stuff but that makes it hard to sell him. Yeah, you know, you look at the situation that Bale. I know yeah. it's a, exaggerated, but Bale was in at Real Madrid, where they're ending up paying half of his flipping wages to Tottenham Hotspur because he was on six hundred grand a week. Yeah. Now, at thirty-one years old, 
is someone going to want to sign him for 20 million quid plus have to go with 200 grand a week on top for what a two-year deal maybe you know that's why this contract is so important for genie and if we take that that you know side of the view instead Mm. and look at what genie is it's his last big payday before something else happens before his career is probably over he's got now's his time and he's got to decide whether he wants to play for liverpool and trophies on less money than he's worth or maybe there's, I don't know, maybe there's an option on the table where Liverpool pay him 200 grand a week for two years and then it drops down years three and years four. And it wouldn't surprise me if Liverpool did something a little bit like that anyway mm. that made it, if you did sell him after two years, a little bit easier for the for the buying team. Yeah, yeah. No, it is interesting because I think you're right. That's the point. It's a great point on that is that it's all well and good. For, it's... it's it, he's just on the cusp and that's what again it's so difficult to judge this because Gini Van Al's the kind of player I don't think you're going to see a significant drop off in his abilities or anything like that in the next four years he's just he's so he's so robust that he's probably going to be he's probably going to be just as good in two or three years time but you know the financial knock-on effect of all those things is the things that can't be it's why can't we've be been really signing good. players up to five-year deals at 27 hmm. <laughs> Because it ends on thirty two, and then they're pretty confident that that's probably the, that that's the best years of their their career over and done with. And you don't do it at twenty nine for exactly. a reason, and that's that's the thing. We we it's a this could be, and it sounds stupid to say this because it could be you know because Genie is such a good player, but in the next phase of what Liverpool are looking to do, you set a precedent by giving Genie Wijnaldum a big a big contract at that age. That's how you end up as one of those over over bloated super clubs at the top where you've got a bunch of lads who are your mid tier footballers aren't Man United have been like this for for yonks you know top, the top Spanish sides have ended up a bit like this this is this is how your downfall begins where you start giving out massive massive contracts to lads who aren't your best you know your your, your best of your best and haven't got all their best years ahead of them because you know as you say whether Genie Van Alden can continue to be good for the next four four or five years or whatever He's still not. He won't be. He's not going to be a twenty-seven-year-old lad who's in the absolute prime of his career, and he's not, and therefore he's going to be. Which is where your wages should go. Your lads who are your best, who are an absolute prime, we've got all the years to go in the career. The lads who should be earning all your money. It's PSG, Man United, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, less Juventus, who are the teams that. That the other way you need to maintain the hunger somehow difficult very difficult let us know your thoughts what would you do with Genie Van Alden's contract situation um, Dom King uh, was badly misquoted by one of the vaguely Liverpool related uh, Twitter accounts he was quoted as saying that Liverpool won't be going for anyone in January because they think they've got enough cover there in Reese Williams and that Phyllis but the quote apparently is they won't go for anyone on loan um, we had uh, a couple of super chats come in uh, Joey Allen 499 thank you Joey says do you think we'll buy a centre half in Jan and if not do you fear a prolonged period of Reese Williams and that Phillips uh, and Ethsham Al Hassan uh, with £5 super chat says do you think we could see a Trent like rise with Reese Williams um, I don't think Chris there's anyone among, among us who wouldn't buy a centre half in January. It feels like the only thing left that's gonna derail a title mm-hmm. for us is getting to a point because we're only now a Fabinho injury away from having nothing but children at the back for us. Yeah, the big thing for me is look. I know these injuries for Joe Gomez aren't his fault, and they're big injuries. It's not like he gets a niggling injury like Naby misses three game or Joel and misses three games, but. 
he's missed 33 games in the last three years. Joe Gomez, that's nearly a full season in three years. So I'd be looking to sign a centre-half who is A, willing to challenge and B, of the, of the quality to challenge Joe Gomez for his spot yeah. alongside Virgil van Dijk. And I'd do that now. Yeah. And now the difficulty there is everyone knows you're after a centre-half. Everyone knows you're probably going to spend money in January. If Liverpool sign a centre-half, I imagine it'll be done by the 5th of January. Because mm-hmm. I just don't see that it's going to be prolonged because you just you get a month less games out of them for this season. That's what we're buying them for, first and foremost. I think it's massively important that if Liverpool want to secure this league, we we go out and buy a centre-half. Yeah, to add to that, I think the other issue is who's going to sell in January. You know, Particularly if there's a really good centre-half, no one's going to sell the best centre-half to Liverpool. You know, There's probably a you know, defender tax or a Liverpool tax because, like Chris said, you know, we want a centre-half. But you know, if you've got a really good centre half in your side, you're competing for something. Why would you cut yourself? Why would you cut yourself short? And then, then you then fall in the knock-on effect of oh, that team, that team B needs a fucking centre back, and, and and so on. I think I it's think, really hard. I think it's a it's a, a fair enough point, but I think there's an there's a, a financial ecosystem in football that exists. There's a food chain, and there's a lot of clubs who are set up and they understand their role within it. And we we as Liverpool don't quite get this. But we're we're this as well. There's a, we, we've just been better. We've Liverpool have, have, have been resistant to this food chain in the last few years to allow us to step up into the into the top bracket. But we're not, you know. Coutinho moving to Barcelona is the, is the last most recent example of it. Sterling moving to Man City is an example of it. Torres moving to Chelsea is Suarez. an example of it. Suarez moving to Barcelona, yeah, is when we we need to sell players to fund the whole. Endeavour, we are sell to buy as much as people like shudder at that and think it's some sort of dirty expression. It's not. Most football clubs are. There's a there's a there's a chain in which the likes of Ajax, for example, Ajax don't turn their nose up at thirty million pounds, forty million pounds for their players. They just don't because for them it's all part of how they build and how they continue to operate as a football club now i think you're right i think it gives every club has a little bit more a little bit more of a smirk when they look down at the call id and it's got it's got an 0151 number on it like you really think all right okay oh oh ready for this one like you mean yeah just bump the price up by 510 but I, again is that not a good thing for them yeah because if they're selling the thingy but, they could look at it and go well, I'm fifth in the table. I still think I can finish fifth in the table. I'm going to get an extra ten million than I would in the summer. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it might also, might also not be a case of you know it's not the manager's call. It would be the club's call. Exactly. And there's so many situations where people aren't in Liverpool's don't have Liverpool's reach in terms of maybe sponsors or you know sales and shirts and everything like that. During a pandemic, we'll be desperate for money and go. Well, that you know that extra 10, 15 million is you're talking about will solve a lot of issues for this football it's club. The and football. Yeah. It's not the manager. Any team in France with a good centre half is selling right now because yeah. they are absolutely up shit creek with yeah. the television deal that they've had. I mean, do you know about no, you know no. what happened? So the company that basically paid for the television rights in France have deferred payments twice or something now. So every club, and it, it was a new company, and they got offered so much more than any other deal they'd had on the table. So they took this deal, and now they've not paid twice because of the pandemic and stuff like that. And literally every club in France is panicked big time. France is going to be where people are going to get value for money at the moment. So if yeah. there's a good centre-half that anyone knows in France, expect Liverpool to be linked with them and, a, and not a huge amount of money either. And the other one is, of course, is we know that the that the Red Bull teams tend to have 
release clauses and stuff, you know, in, in contracts and all that kind of stuff. So it wouldn't shock me if we had our eyes on a few. I think we all we've all heard the names that are kind of floated around. I can't see Pamecano being a thing because we've got um, Leipzig to come, but we also know they sold Timo Werner when they started Champions League games to play last season, which was a bit crazy. Um, all told, as Canate, looking quite smart. Share at the moment, right now. The way yeah. the vein has not been finishing oh, his dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that might all tie into the genie stuff. You know, if genie stays and then Fabinho, you know, I'm not saying this will happen, might be the partner for fucking Virgil van Dijk. That, mm. that's, a, that's a solution. So you don't have to own it. The problem is getting from getting from now to the end of the season, what do you do? No, no, 100%. Just, and, I, and look, again, the point is, is Matip's, Matip's done. You know, okay. that's, 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 John Matip will never now, uh, you know, he's in his, he must be in his 30s by now. He, he, he's never. Take a little on a roll. You yeah, don't, you don't, no, you don't you're no rely problem, on him every week. No problem with keeping yeah. Matip around because he's fantastic. And you know, if you have and Sheen, if you have to drop him into games, you can drop Matip in out the cold and he'll come in and he'll put a brilliant 90-minute performance in for you. It's just can he then pick himself up and go the next game? No, is the is the answer to that. So we shift down the peck in order. We'll find, and just to add to, to the questions of the lads who sent the super chat in, you know, we, we'll we'll reap the benefits next year, potentially. If they're good enough for from what we've done with Reese Williams, and maybe maybe if um, a Cometio gets a game or two, you know, we might we might see that the way we have done with a bit a bit more with Nico. Or with, flip with side Curtis. of that, Reese goes for twenty somewhere. <laughs> I genuinely, if Liverpool think don't think he's quite good enough and don't see him as the future, man, we've sold a lot worse players for a lot more money. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, no, it's Bournemouth. Yeah. No, no, but you're right. I, I wonder whether he's shown people that he can go up against Harry Kane and Son. Yeah, no, you'd be sending the highlights, the YouTube highlights reel, wouldn't you, to any to any potential buyers? I think the Origi thing is going to be pivotal to what we mm-hmm. do in this window. I think if you get if you um, if you get some money for Divock Origi, I think it just secures what you've got available to to spend. Maybe freeze a little bit more up in the wages. I don't even know where we are with the registry, Premier League registrations and stuff like that. I, I don't know what, how much room we've got in the, the squad. It's not something that I've, I've considered previously because we're talking about bringing someone in like it's a no-brainer. I mean, again, you're not registered. You can deregister Virgil Van Dijk, I imagine, in January, which gives you a gives you the space back for the rest of the season, unless they're looking he's at him registered. going. No, but that's what I mean. He's yeah. registered. Because of course he's registered. Come back at the end of Jan, lad. <laughs> no, but that's what I mean. Is that I don't know whether they would do do. Are they, can they? Will they deregister Virgil Van Dijk if they feel that you might get five games or two games or three games out of him at the end of the season? Like that would be mad to even think in in that way. You know that he, that he should possibly be able to come back. But when I see him kicking footies against the wall, I I, I think wasn't your knee off yeah. <laughs> like a couple of months ago when he starts doing side to side and lateral movement that's when you know he's yeah. close to coming back yeah. everything he is just been forwards and backwards at the moment yeah but this is like when you think Oxley chamberlain he was doing this kind of stuff in like the the february march i think and then he comes back right at the end of the right at the end of the season but i mean again it's a different world and there's lots of lots of moving things that but the point is anyway i don't know and maybe anyone watching home will know the answer to this about what our spaces look like in that in that Premier League squad because it's all well and good. So let's buy someone else. But if that's twenty six players, someone's gonna have to get booted. I can't imagine we'd line. have twenty six to be honest, just because yeah. we've got so many young lads. Yeah, and those young lads don't need to be, do they? Uh, they uh, might do for way. Brexit, mate. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, but uh, just uh, sorry, uh, so I'm saying, do we see a trend like rise from Reese Williams? I don't not see it. Um, I I think all I see from him right now is he's fine. He's a he's a perfectly fine event. If you told me if, if he sticks around, you know, if he sticks around next season, and we'll know, we'll, we'll, we've got no choice but to find out because I think he's probably going to play the next few games um, just 
by circumstances as much as anything else. If we keep him next summer, I think we'll, there's a chance that we'll see a, a, a rise from him. At the minute, I, I, he goes from me from being a really hot prospect, wow, what, what a guy we've got on our hands, to being like, oh God, Get him, accept, get stick him on loan to the championship and see what what you get from him. It's too early to tell, I think, for Reese Williams. From yeah, it's like Nico Williams. He needs a consistent run of games under his belt, and they, then you can judge him properly because it's the same with Nico. Like he had a bad game, I want to slaughter him. Then a couple of good games, like oh he's fucking out. He's, he's sound. You, yeah. you can do that. I think Phil, um, Phillips Williams has made a mistake against Atalanta. Already got done for pace of the day, and everyone immediately goes, "Well, he's too slow." Mm-hmm. Well, he's not because you just said he's you know Harry Kane and Son. He, he was fine with. He's learning his trade. We're used to seeing the finished article because the standard is so high. We don't like people, you know, kids coming in in Premier League games when the points are so valuable. It's hard to do that, but he needs to do, needs to, needs to do it. And again, like I said the other day, he's been thrown into a situation where he's like, oh fucking hell, like. Last year was at Kidderminster, and now I'm playing Premier League football and Champions League football. It's a massive fucking step up for him. Yeah, and in answer to Joey Allen's question, I don't fear a prolonged period of Reese Williams and Nat Phillips in rotation alongside Fabinho, but I do fear a period where if of, of them two partnering each other and us then having to do something else. And I think I think I genuinely think Liverpool fear that, and I think they're doing the right thing, Chris, by letting all the noises kind of go out there that we're not particularly interested in a centre-half. I think everyone knows. As I say, every every director of football on the on, on the continent is wait, waiting for the phone call from Liverpool. We all know it's going to happen. But the Liverpool are, are still playing it as smartly as they can in this regard. I think Steve, Steve all made a good comment about this. I think it was on Twitter about the amount of times Liverpool have just kind of briefed against their current situation. Danny Ward's the one we always talk about. Um it, that's smart and it keeps the confidence of the lads in the squad as well until the point at which you get someone in. But there's no way, even Liverpool players who are fighting for this place and thinking, here's my opportunities and they might be limited, I think there'll be a ginormous sigh of relief if you if we pick up a paper open our phones and see that Liverpool have signed a good quality centre I think we'll all just breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think I, I, look, I think Liverpool can manage by by being a team, Reese Williams or Nat Phillips playing centre half at Liverpool, I don't think we're going to have the easy wins and the, the accumulation of points that we would have without him at centre half and have sort have a proper season pro there. But as a team, we have to change and we have to recognise that if they're going to play for a long period of time, we're going to have to do something slightly different. And I think for the most part, that is dropping centre and Robbo a little bit deeper and maybe relying more on the outstanding qualities of the front three to break teams down without over committing and everything else. So I think Liverpool have still got it in the locker to win games when they're there. I definitely do fear of Phillips and Williams partnership that that is something that puts the shits up me to be quite mm-hmm. honest with you but um yeah we if Liverpool sign a center half and then I I know that Liverpool are placing a, a huge amount of importance on this season mm-hmm. and, and I think they do place a huge amount of importance on this season because this is the season where yeah back to back league titles once great back to back is something special I think the point is what took to your point Ross and it goes back to the like the loan thing. I don't think Liverpool are going to buy someone or take someone for the short term because you might as well play Reese Williams because you're going to. I don't think anyone does anyone good enough to do the job for us is available on loan in this window. So you need to go and buy someone. I agree with exactly what you're saying there, Chris. Is you trust that Virgil Van Dijk comes back and even if he's lost half a yard of pace, he's still the best centre half in the in the league. He's still our best centre half. He you go and buy you go and buy another Gomez. 
you go and buy someone else and you pay a little bit more over the odds just to make it happen and, and get it done. And then you've got someone who's in proper competition. And so by the time the summer rolls around when Van Dijk and Gomez there, you've got three top top quality centre halves, all at good ages to be to be in that regard. You've got Matip as a backup, and then you've got what you choose one of Williams, Phillips, Cometio as you as you next in line behind behind all that stuff and that's a very healthy situation to be in um, but we got one, one last super chat here um, from Philippe Hunt saying if we don't sign a centre back why not play Hendo and Fab as our main centre back and rotate with Phillips and Williams I want to sign a centre back but we might not we might not I think my concern over the Hendo stuff I've seen a lot of people saying this like at a push but for a start, we need Jordan Henderson in midfield, and and so much of this is hinged upon who's available for the midfield. Like you can't expect anything from Naby Keita ever again because he just in three, what two and a half years at the club or whatever he's been here now, it's never it's never happened for him. So whatever, Curtis Jones is nineteen. Until Thiago puts down more than one game of football for us, without you know what I mean. Once he plays ninety minutes without getting injured, I'll be I can that can ease that. Oxley Chamberlain the same. Hello, um, Tom. Someone's at the door. Um, I feel a little bit. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to stretch with Jordan Henderson in centre back rotation. Is what I'm driving at. No, because we miss too much in the midfield. Short answer. I think for single games, yeah, absolutely. But when you take Hendo and Fabinho out of the centre midfield, and, and then you're looking at the likes of the players that you've mentioned there: Cater, Thiago, Shakiri, or a push Minamino, or a push Chamberlain. Chamberlain. The thing is, right? Here's what annoys me: people are very quick to write Naby Keita off. Chamberlain's missed well more games, mm. like significantly more games, and no one seems to be on Chamberlain's back about it. Like yeah. and, you know, it's a bit of a mad one to for, to me, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, and it's, I suppose it's the Gomez versus Matip thing that we're saying before, isn't it? So, yeah, Is that... I've got I've got the stats here, right? Ox has missed sixty nine games in the last three seasons. Um, Naby's missed twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. So it's got credit in the bank though from scoring scream. Is that what I play? Sixty-nine to twenty-nine. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's significant. Yeah, true. <laughs> that's significant. True enough. But Ox was out for a full season with a yeah. with a cruciate knee injury, which takes him out of all of those games in that regard. If so, in the other two years, he's pretty much done the same in a year less. Yeah. Well, he's out. Yeah. 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 yeah, the thing with Ox, but the thing with Ox is Ox played more. I mean, in recent history, he's probably in the last eighteen months he's probably played more than Cater. I'd suspect. So Ox has missed twenty three games in the last two years. Naby's missed nineteen. Oh wow! So oh, there you go. Yeah, fair enough. Because I think Ox was like our fifth or sixth most minutes from of, of a player last season. You know, across the entire squad, whereas Cater. Barely touched the ball for us, didn't he? So, you know, but it, it, the the problem the problem remains is that in answer to the centre back thing, you just move, you're just moving the problem to midfield, aren't you? Is, 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 exactly, is, is what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. And I know, I know, I know yeah. Genie, Genie's. Did he play centre back in Brighton about two seasons ago? He played in so, the back three. But yeah, was yeah, that yeah, with Chan? Yeah, yeah, which is which is fucking metal. So you know, he might be a suggestion, but then what you do? Are you then, in, that's my phone. In the market for a for a midfielder. That was your phone. That was my phone. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, then you're in the market for a midfielder, and then you, you know you're in the same problem again. Like you know you probably chuck Taki in there, like you said in midfield or Shakiri maybe, but you know it, at what cost? You know we're going for a title. 
kind of when you start getting towards the back end of the season, you're playing two, three times a week and you have the same what form and field is available for three games in a week. But you're gonna run them into the ground and then get them injured. It's a, you know, it's again it's all of some bots, but I'd keep Hendo in, in midfield. Fabinho uh, stretches there until Van Dyke comes back. Long term, you need the meeting at the centre back. Mm. Yeah, I think look, I think Jordan's got the qualities to fill in at centre half in odd games, and probably over an extended period he could do it. But you just miss too much. Yeah. You just you just miss too much. He's the beating heart of this Liverpool side, and you want him bang in the middle of the side for that reason. You, yeah, you're right. You've gone from having a world class mid, a world class midfield. We were world class all over the park, and you're right. It's like you were saying, you you just transferring your issues, aren't you? So you you can plug your defensive gaps, but you're fucking your midfield and the midfield, which is more important to our Liverpool play. Well, I think on the evidence this season, the midfield having a midfield is slightly more important than having the best best possible defense. We'll find. We'll have. To, I don't want us to have to find out, but that again, it comes back to it. Just to to to, to, to finish point, I um, I just can't see how we don't buy a centre half. It would ju- it would be borderline negligence to not to not do it I can't see I just I, I would be astounded if we don't buy someone in January the, the fear as you both said is having two kids at centre half like, and now I think I think it's alright because if you look at the Fulham Brighton West Brom game the defence wasn't really an issue like obviously we conceded goals in those games but it was, it was finishing you know and, and a penetration from a feeling and getting forward you know the, you look at Liverpool's problems I don't see Liverpool's centre back is the key reason why we're not 15 points clear it's up on the table. It's, it's you know lack of lack of finishing up top. I'm not saying replace the front three. Which that's just the way that, it, that it's happened. But if you find yourself a situation where Fabinho gets injured, you fucked. Yeah, no, completely agree. It's a mad situation, but hopefully we'll see a little bit more in the coming days. You know, we've got a few more days till the window opens. Um, yes, but it will be. It will be what it will be. Um, the Newcastle game again. It's it's going to be just. I can't see again. I, I, you'd imagine it'll be it'll be Reese Williams in this one. The big opportunity, here, particularly because of Leicester dropping points and what have you. It's another. <laughs> we're back to it again, out with Chris. Just uh, just fucking win. Just go, just go and fucking win. Do it and put our feet up and enjoy New Year's because the fixture schedule is mad for January, but it is, it's it's far more manageable yeah. than it's been for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it is, and this next sort of six weeks for us, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been loads worse, you know. And you know, I, I, the Carabao not being in that's a big thing for us as well. I think you know, for me. Every game for the next six weeks is just fucking win in whatever way you can because I don't see that anyone's going to go on a mad winning streak and has the potential to do that. Maybe Manchester City and us yeah. are the only two teams. But well, Man City have got to actually be allowed to play football matches again for that to be for that to be a thing first and foremost. Uh, we'll obviously find out whether they get to, whether they're allowed to play. Um, Does anyone know how many cases Chelsea they had? It's been rude. Three or four. I've heard three. What did we, we not have three? Three of the playing I staff, I think. To, I was talking to someone um, yesterday and we were talking about this and I was saying, like, oh, what, why aren't they saying it? And apparently it's because it's medical records. They're not actually allowed to say who it is. So Man City can't come out and say it. You know, if the player comes out on their Instagram or their Twitter and says it, that's fine. Some kind of form of GDPR or something. You know what I mean? So actually, that's why we're not we're not clued up as to exactly who it is. And, it's, and it tends exactly. to come through like national press from the country. You know, if you get but it would also players, explain why Liverpool have been very like didn't say nothing about Naby and didn't say anything it did about, about Manny though. Well, he might have come out and said it, is what I'm trying oh, to say okay. there. You know what I mean? He yeah. might have said it to a newspaper in his country or something yeah. well, like that. Well, it happened with Shimakas. We got from, like, the Greek 
press, didn't oh, we? Okay. Nabby, we got it coming from from African press or whatever. So you're right; it, it tends to be. It's not the clubs coming out and saying this. Now I don't know rarely. if that's fact check, but it makes sense from everything that I've learned over the last six months. And also, why would you why would yeah, you yeah. give any more information out than than you have to? It's just it's it's creating more of a spotlight. The city stuff's just mad because. I can't help, and I've seen, I see this from Man City, a lot of Man City fans on social media, of course, and we all do this, we're all hyper-defensive at our, our own football clubs, but like, they, they, they don't understand how much, how, how much, what's the word, everyone thinks, everyone secretly is very sceptical of everything that comes out of Manchester City, you know what I mean, and they, they all find it balmy that people are like, Questioning: Are there any? Are there any dodgy undertakings? It's the fact that Everton have come out and gone. Hey, <laughs> hey, what's happening? Why aren't we playing? Oh, we, you know, Everton are all ready, ready geared up. They've got all the production team in the in the uh, in the ground ready to go, and then they get a call off the Premier League going. Ah, now it's not happening. They've gone. Why? And they go. Eh. Well, I, I knew it, I knew two hours before it got fucking announced that the game was off because yeah. I know a steward there that got a, got a message saying don't come in today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, mad though. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it is it is it is an, an interesting one, and it's it's probably it's just conspiracy theorist nonsense because I, and I don't see any need to go in on Man City on this because if that happens to Liverpool. I'll be made up with them postponing a game rather than us having to play without our best players. But I also can't help but have a little bit of fucking hell. You know, it's Man City. I get it when it's Burnley, and I get it when it's Sheffield United. The thing and I get is, it when like, it's with, this with my level-headed head on, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking at it going, that's that's better for the safety of Everton's players, yeah, and for the safety of everybody who's involved, and that's probably a good a good thing because. The, the fucking tests, whether you believe in COVID and all that type of stuff or not, right? <laughs> the tests by the medical people are about 70% accurate. So you could have all the tests in the world. You could test everybody and they could still be, you know, f- false negatives and all that type of stuff. So it's like, it's for the safety of the players and for the safety of Everton's players and more Man City squads, just call the fucking thing it's off. It's just the thing, yeah. It's it's not, I mean, at this point... Now, it, do, do, now my Liverpool, sorry, my Liverpool tinted glasses are going, would they do that for us? That's where I come back and go. I don't think they do. Well, you know, I think they make us you play it. Well, you enter into the debate, don't yeah, and 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 there's an understanding because look, it's a global pandemic, and I think we should all err on the side of being a bit more level-headed over the whole thing. But I can't also I can't also help but go towards the whole of thing of like, is it not just an injury? You know what I mean? Like, do the out? You know, it's just it's a more prevalent one at the moment. You know, if everyone went down it, with it, with it, with something, it's something. Else. It's just a way for your players to be un- unavailable through through fitness and stuff. Is the thing is things. If it was any other club, I'd be like, I, I would, I would just go, yeah, fine, whatever. I mean, the fact that they've already postponed a game, a Newcastle game, was it because of because of COVID issues? Earlier in December, which I wasn't aware of, shows that because it's Man City, I, it's more. <laughs> I think about it more than anything else. But it's, it's the, I know it's dead early to tell, but it's the, the amount of, of cases that they've got. I think is the question because I was hearing like you know it was three, then someone else said eleven or something yesterday. If it's bad, then I think I think you're right. But then what's then the rules? Because did David Moyes have it, and he had he had to go and isolate at home. But then West Ham still carried on. I know he's not playing, but you know he's still a manager. He's still a manager. Yeah. He's, he's still a manager you know, so what? So what's the rules? There's also that article that was doing the rounds yesterday, say that games won't be postponed. Now I believe in Newcastle it was pretty bad. You know they shut their training ground down, which I think Man City have, have, have done today. 
Well, you said, why can't I just test everyone again today? And, and well, they are. The, the part, Tuesday test. Well, that's the thing. But the, the, because of the because of how compact the thing. And yeah, and you've got to then get Goodison Park up and running, ready, and you've got to get all your staff back in on short notice and all those, and all those kind together. of things. Well, no, exactly, but uh, that's the thing. It's it's it, there's more moving parts. It's not like a kick around. And it's not like oh, we couldn't all do it because we were pissed last night. Let's just go and book. Let's go and book a pitch, a pitch at the pits again and, and, and go and go again tonight. Which, by the way, has never happened <laughs> in a million years. No one's ever missed a game and played the next day. Um, but the um, but it, it's that it's. It's then the Chelsea games on tomorrow. Tomorrow is it the third? Maybe it's the yeah, third. It's something like that. It's, cl- it's close anyway. You know, it's it's a couple of days. It's, uh, it won't be tomorrow because that'd be stupid. It's a few. It's a few days away, isn't it? So they've got to they've got to prepare for all that. But whatever, whatever. Um, let's hope everyone's fine. And, and it's I a get fix it. anyway. It's more. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, but uh, your point. The point to it is, is that. The, the Premier League will shut it down because they can't risk then Everton then having a situation where they need to then shut their training ground and they can't play their next game and then so on and so on and so on. So it makes sense to kind of cut it at that point. But the sceptic and you can't help but think you would Man City if it's only three cases amongst the playing squads, they're shutting the training ground because it make because then because the, then there's no choice because then the Premier League will go well. They've, they've effectively it's like. Go into ground and roll and grab hold of the ball and but roll it, around. It would with also with bring into question the Premier League's methods of dealing with COVID. Yeah, like, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, that that they should bubble off players and that for training and stuff like that. But you know, I know that the NFL do. I know that the NFL do look at the exact amount of groups that they have players in and all that type of stuff. So if one goes down, like the NFL game a couple of weeks ago went ahead with no quarterback because the quarterback room went down. And it went ahead and they played a wide receiver who'd never played quarterback in the game and they got absolutely tonked and it was a laughing stock hmm. for the NFL. But they carried on. So it's not it's not a good thing either way. Yeah. But the, if the Premier League doesn't look like... It looks like the bubble is the Premier League squad. Yeah. By the way, that they're all interacting and hugging after games and stuff. Yeah. Now, that's a dangerous situation. Do the Premier League they don't want any bad press on them during this time and how they've dealt with the pandemic themselves and what rules and protocols they've put into place. Now, if they know that their protocols probably aren't as good as they should be, that the three could quite easily turn into 10, could turn into Everton, could turn into who they play next. And and it, they and don't want that. And they're, they're trying to say, aren't they, at the moment as well, that it's come from the hotel when they played their League Cup quarterfinal. They're saying that's when, that's when apparently they reckon it wasn't COVID secure or whatever and that's how they've gotten into this situation. But also it's Kyle Walker and you can't help but think he's definitely been in an orgy, and that's exactly where he's. You know what I mean? Like you know, Phil Foden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll see on that. Uh, just lastly, trick Josh in answer to our question about the walk on music and replacements of "You'll Never Walk Alone." He said, "Little Green Bag" um, from the Reservoir Dogs soundtrack, or "Tub Thumper" by Chumbawamba, which no, I think man. is the most. It is a, you've gone a bit too far there. That's a bit. I know you've just signed up to Club Legend level on the website, but no, you, you're very. Quick, you're going to lose that privilege. <laughs> With shouts like that, lad. It's a bit, yeah. It's, that, it's, a, it's a touch. It's a touch England that for my for my yeah. liking. Um, but now, good suggestions, nevertheless. Thanks so much, Josh. Uh, yes, wonderful. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. If you're listening to this after the fact, then please do leave a five star review on whatever podcast and app you are involved with. Uh, if you're on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. And as mentioned, last chance to do it. If you're doing this live, if you want to be in with the chance of winning the signed Jordan Henderson Champions tea, then go to theredmentv.com. Sign up as a club legend on there get access to all of our wonderful content and get in that prize draw uh, for the Jordan Henson team what time is it now it's 12 should we say what 1 o'clock what time is it it's 12 o'clock now give people to 1 o'clock 10 minutes got 10 minutes oh 10 minutes (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, you got 10 minutes. Get signed up on the website now. And yeah, get yourself a wonderful post-Christmas present as well as some amazing videos, documentaries and stuff. Like uh, the Jürgen Klopp, 50 Greatest Moments of the Jürgen Klopp era so far, which will give you a little sneak peek on uh, to wind up today's show. We'll be back with the podcast next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.